Well, good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. We are grateful that you're here. No matter if this is your first time here, your second time here, your third or your 100th time here, your presence is important to our faith community. If this is your first time here, I invite you to fill out the, the welcome card in the pew in front of you. You can put that in the offering plate. You can drop that by the welcome desk. Well, they will have a, um, a loaf of fresh baked bread for you. It's just simply a way that we get more information about you and can reach out to you and, and extend a warm welcome to you in this, in this church. Um, this morning, as you might have noticed, if you've looked ahead, if you peeked at your bulletin, we're doing things a little bit differently. We've been talking all throughout Lent about finding our way again. And this week we move into a, three weeks of actually doing some spiritual practices that help us keep our feet upon the path during the Lenten season and during our faith journeys. This week we're talking all about prayer, and our hope is, is that we won't actually talk about prayer, but we'll practice it together in worship. We've modeled the service after the Lord's Prayer, after the most famous prayer in the way that Jesus taught us to pray. A word about the green prayer cards. If you would like to, to fill out a green prayer card for, as a prayer request, do that and hand it to an usher during the opening hymn. Um, and those will be prayed over this week by our staff, our pastors, and our prayer team. Well, welcome to worship. And we turn our hearts now to the, Lord the Lord's Prayer, first being sung and then being read from the Gospel of Matthew. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. These are the words of our Lord. There's this game that the young adults of the congregation like to play on Wednesday evenings. We gather every Wednesday evening in the parlor and we always end the same way. We end by sharing our joys, our concerns, our struggles, our challenges, the desires of our hearts, and we entrust them to one another. And then for several years, I would, after everyone had shared, look at the group and ask this question. Would anyone like to pray? 
And that was the cue for the game to begin. They would all instantly drop their eyes and look at their shoes or the wall or the TV or one another. And the game was that nobody had to make eye contact with me because they knew that if they did, they were put at risk of being asked to pray in public and out loud and for one another. And that has given me this great insight of something that I've experienced for myself and something that I imagine many of you have experienced, and that is that prayer is challenging. We all get it. Some of us are hesitant to do it out loud or in private. Some of us struggle with praying for one another, particularly if we're face to face. And to make matters worse, we've added this whole other layer of complication by letting these misconceptions about prayer seek into ourselves and our churches and our faith lives. You see, there's many of us who believe that prayer is only worth something if it's done in a fancy wing-back chair and quiet with our hands folded in our lap and our eyes closed. And then there's others of us that think that prayer is only powerful if it's done in a loud and booming voice, perhaps a voice that is not your own. There are those of us that think that prayer should be... Um, fancy and well put together and full of big vocabulary words and exciting phrases, while there are others of us who think that prayer should only be done in silence, perhaps with our hands outstretched. But it seems what Jesus was saying when he taught his disciples and taught us about prayer is that, folks, it's not that complicated. It's just not that complicated. Prayer is not meant to be a show or a performance, he says. It's not meant to be well put together. It's not meant to be full of fancy, fancy phrases and big words. And when he teaches them how to pray, he offers them this simple, honest, to-the-point prayer. And he says, pray this way. And so we've been trying for centuries as we pray the Lord's Prayer together with one voice like we do here every week with our brothers and sisters joined around the world, with those who have passed and those who are to come in Christendom as we all join our voices together. The author Brian McLaren, who we've been turning to as a source during Lent for our series on Finding Our Way Again, suggests that Jesus' Lord's Prayer has four particular movements in it. And those movements are wake up, tune up, ask, and re-enter. You might have noticed that your bulletin comes in those four movements today. And the first movement of that prayer is that we wake up to God's holiness, to God's goodness, and thanks and praise. We start with that first movement. By hearing the words of Jesus who said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed means revered be thy name. Holy is your name. Great is your name. It's a word of praise and thanksgiving and sacredness. And when I think of waking up to that in God in prayer, my, my mind always turns to a memory I have of a trip I was really blessed to get to go on. When I was in seminary, we traveled to the Holy Land, and early one morning, our group set out to climb Mount Sinai. When we got to the top, we quickly realized that we were not the only ones there. There were hundreds of other Christians there who had come to witness the sunrise on the top of that holy mountain. And as little slivers of the sun just popped over the horizon, 
I have a picture of it on the next slide. As they just popped over the horizon, the groups on the mountain broke out in song. And somehow, even though we had gathered from countries all over the world, we all knew the tune of Amazing Grace. And so it was sung, but in German and in English and in Arabic and in French, all over the top of that mountain. And as the sun grew, grew higher in the, in the sky and on the horizon, an elderly man from the Japanese group broke away from his group and scaled to the top of this bell tower. I have no idea to this day how he got up there, but he clung to the side and he began ringing the bell on the top of Mount Sinai and shouting words of praise and thanksgiving. And then everyone, sh everyone followed suit and this huge prayer of waking up to God began on Mount Sinai at sunrise. There's a hymn that many of you have told me helps you wake up to God's glory and to God's goodness and to praise. And so we're going to sing that hymn this morning. It's holy, holy, holy. I invite you to stand as we sing this song of waking up to God in worship. <laughs> 